Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is brought to our church by our youth and media pastor, Robert Elliott. We hope that this message will be an encouragement to you, and we would love to hear how God used it in your life. All right, Titus chapter 3 is where we're going to be, and I'm uh, going to read from there in just a moment. Uh, a while back, I thought it was more recent than this, but Brian corrected me, and I know no, it was about two years ago I preached a message uh, and uh, preached on, on famous, one of, the, one of uh, Paul's faith, faithful sayings. And uh, I don't know if you know uh, where, I'm a little bit ringing up, Brian, if you want to turn me down a little bit. Uh, I don't know if you know of the different times that Paul mentions a faithful saying, and if you if you do see me afterwards, because there's four different times in uh, in Timothy and in Titus where uh, where Paul mentions this is a faithful saying, and then he has something to go along with it, and it says like and worthy of all acceptation, uh, or there's some other uh, tagline at the end of that, uh, and uh, and so we're going to look at another faithful saying, and uh, the first one I, I talked about uh, about two years ago, I preached on uh, where Timothy said this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. And these faithful sayings, you know, the, the, um, the, the, the New Testament church back in, in the day uh, that these were written was, was much, uh, things were much different than, than, they, they, than they are now in the sense that uh, they didn't have with them a, a full copy of the New Testament uh, that every individual had. You know, the New Testament really hadn't even been, hadn't been completed at this time. Uh, and there were still letters being sent to different churches that were spread all around, and, uh, and it still had yet to be uh, completed where God's word recorded and written down for us. Uh, and so, I mean, you think about it. Uh, if you're if you're a, a new Christian, you're a Christian that is a part of one of these churches on an island like Crete, uh, and and you don't have the full written word of God. Well, a lot of it was 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 just uh, maybe maybe written down and recorded, but uh, was just um, memorized or passed from word word of mouth from one person to another. And and you know you're just hearing testimonies of what Jesus has has done, and you're hearing. I, eyewitness testimonies even maybe of some people uh, and others that have uh, heard stories and, and just kind of passing along and and just get to experience uh, just firsthand what God was doing uh, and there were some of these these sayings that were well, well-known sayings uh, that I, I believe were even known before they were recorded for us uh, that were even worded in this way uh, that we're going to be reading about in what ha- um, and uh, that they were kind of distributed and repeated and and even even if they weren't something that that some that many people knew uh, the exact the exact wording of uh, Paul emphasizes it he puts a really huge emphasis on it by saying hey this is a faithful saying this is a faithful saying and it's worthy of all acceptation hey this is something you need to pay attention to this is foundational this is important uh, and and get this get this and repeat it and and share it and and uh, and memorize it and and pass it along think about it uh, and and so we're going to look uh, into um, one more of Paul's famous sayings, not faithful, not famous, faithful sayings, excuse me for a second, uh, and in Titus chapter 3, and uh, we'll start at the beginning of the chapter just to kind of get some of the context within uh, the whole chapter, and we'll read down um, from verse 1 all the way down to verse 8. So if you would, just stand with me uh, for a moment as I read, and uh, in Titus chapter 3, verse 1, it says, put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to, to, to every good work, to speak evil of no man, 
to be no brawlers, but gentle, showing, uh, showing all meekness unto all men. Verse 3, it says, For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. But after the kindness and love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared. An awesome verse. Verse 5, it says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Verse 8, this is a faithful saying. And he's, re- he's referring to really this whole, this whole ver- chapter, I guess, I've, I've read. And, he, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, and they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. What a great passage of scripture, and we'll look into it tonight. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this passage of scripture that we can look at and study and, uh, and just be reminded of these truths and because we need to be reminded, we need to remember, we need to focus on this, this, what is being shown to us here. And many things that we already know, but things that we must keep in remembrance, God. I pray that we would uh, be um, reminded, maybe we'd learn something, maybe something would be an encouragement to us today that is said. And uh, Lord, that you challenge us through your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. What we just read is part of a short letter that Paul wrote to Titus. Titus would be Paul's uh, son in the faith. He may be some, I, I believe, somebody that Paul personally led to the Lord uh, and then discipled and, and helped to, to, to grow in the Lord. And, uh, and he left uh, Titus on this island, an island called Crete. And he left them in there for a reason, to teach, to preach, to, to uh, help to lead the churches that were there. Titus, in Titus 1, it explains um, really the purpose. It says in, to Titus, uh, in verse 4, it says, To Titus, mine own son, after the common faith. This is Paul writing. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. For this cause I left thee in Crete. This is why I left you there. That thou shouldest set in order the things that are wanting. Uh, Paul is saying, hey, there's some things that, need, that are wanting. There's some things that need to be addressed. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about them here. And, and, and you, you can read through the short book, uh, a, a short book of Titus and find the different topics that are addressed and find the different things that Paul, Paul really has to uh, help correct a little bit of some things that were in Crete and help to uh, encourage and help, to re- help, help remind uh, the believers that were there and even uh, believers that hadn't yet believed, but uh, future believers, and tell them about, about uh, in, in, this, in this book as well, and in this short letter. And you read through this short book, and you'll find those things. Uh, and, and, I mean, right off the, be- the beginning, um, in, in chapter 3, in chapter 3, if you look, it says, put them in mind too. It's the first couple words in, the, in, um, in that third chapter, and he begins to list, list off some things. Uh, put put them in mind too. When, when when it says put them in mind too, it's another way of saying help them to remember. 
Help them to remember that you need to, to remind them of these things and, and some things that they need to, to bring to remembrance. Uh, and, and I mean, I have, I have my phone and I use it often uh, for all kinds of different things. But one of the, my, my things that I, I, I use it most for, I guess, would be my, uh, my calendar uh, and my reminders app. I mean, I, those things, if I didn't have those, I don't know what, I'd, I might, I'd be running around with a chi- like a chicken with my head cut off. And, you know, it's just really, uh, I, I, do, I use them very often to help me to know uh, what to do, when to do it. And, you know, often life gets so crazy and busy, uh, and we get, get doing one thing, and you totally forget about uh, something that you, you were told, hey, make sure you do this. Uh, pastor tells me often, uh, to, to write things down, and that's that's one of the main thing, main reason, main places I write things down is in my. I tell, I tell hey Siri, remind me to. And uh, if anybody's thing, did anybody's uh, phone turn on just now? Hey Siri, no, no beeps. Okay, uh, and so um, my phone, like you usually say, hey Siri, and it does all the things you tell it to do. So so it's pretty cool. Um, but. Uh, I have that reminders app, and it's there to remind me of, of things that are important that need to get done. And Paul here, he is uh, telling, t- telling Titus, you need to remind, remind the Christians that are there in Crete of these things. And, uh, and so we're going to look quickly uh, at three different reminders uh, in that, that are for us today. Um, and, and three very important reminders. And this is really... Uh, of the entire book of Titus, this is probably the most crucial and the most important uh, important part of the book. I, w- I would absolutely say uh, that that, and we're gonna we're gonna look at it. So uh, the first in verse three, it says uh, we're we're gonna find out that we need to remember our former condition. Remember our former condition. So uh, remember our former condition. Let's go ahead and look in verse. Three. It says, "For we ourselves were also were, were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures, living in malice, envy, hateful, and hating one another." I would say that we can never think enough about the hopelessness of life without Christ, and the hope of life with Christ. And you can never exhaust. That in your mind you could never uh, ponder enough uh, the, the the hopeless hopelessness of life without Christ and the hope of of life with Christ. Uh, have you ever paused recently to consider what would your life be without the saving, sustaining, restraining grace of Jesus Christ? I th- have you thought about that? Have you ever just, I mean, just, just, just sat and, and just began to think, where would I be? What, what would my life be without Jesus Christ? And you say, oh, oh Robert, you know, uh, I, I, many times I'm disappointed in myself. I, I'm disappointed. I, I, I disappoint myself and I, I, things I, I look back, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah, I, I think the same about you too. Just kidding. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, I, you know, at the same time, I all all the time I think about that too as well. I, I mean, I'm, I'm disappointed, and I, I wish I could do better too. And uh, but have you really considered what your life would be without the grace of God? In verse three, it says, "For we ourselves were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving diverse lusts and pleasures." Uh, living in malice, envy, hateful, 
and hating one another. Thank God that there is a dividing point in your life if you are saved. there, There is that which is before Christ, and there is that which is after Christ. Paul wrote about it in Galatians. Galatians 2.20, it says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. And it says, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And in the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And I love there, it's, it's, it's emphasizing the fact that hey, the life that I now live, it, it, there's a dividing point. Thank God for the phrase that says, but not I, but Christ that liveth in me. And I'm thankful for that. When Christ lives in a man's heart, there is a, there's something different about that man's life. I'm thankful that when Christ lives in a woman's heart, there is something different about that woman's life. I'm thankful that when Christ lives in a child's life, there is something different about that child. And uh, when he saves us, a new change came in. Uh, When he saves us, a new ownership comes in. uh, When he saves us, a new residency took place. Uh, And the the spirit of the living God takes up residency. And I'm so thankful that when uh, in in 2004, in July, uh, on a Sunday morning, uh, the Holy Spirit of God took up residency in my life. There was a dividing point in my life that took place. And I I have not always obeyed. I have not always yielded. I've not always done what God would, would have me to do. I've not always uh, cho- chosen uh, to cho- chosen what's right and, and chosen to avoid sin. I've not always forgiven. I've not always loved as I should, as a Christian should. But I want to say tonight, but for the grace of God, I would be a miserable wretch. And, and, I, and I'm thankful that he loved me and he saved me. And tonight we should pause and we should remember what we're say, we see here. Remember our former condition. And, um, and then I want to see also, we need to remember our salvation. Remember our salvation. Verse 4 and verse 5, it says, But after the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. I want to look here at the, the movement, the movement of God, not the movement of us, the movement of God in salvation. It says in verse 4, but after the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man appeared. I'm thankful tonight that we serve a kind, benevolent God. And, you know, kindness right here in this word, this verse, it means moral goodness. It, it means that our God loves us. In 1 John 4, 9, it says we love him because he first loved us. Kindness reflects that tender concern of God providing for a helpless man where we could not provide for ourselves. We could not, where we could do nothing. The kindness that is talked about here is is a loving God looking down on someone who is helpless and could do nothing for themselves and and, and showing that kindness uh, to them. And the kindness of God was a deliberate act to bring a sinner back to God. It is something God chose to do, and it's something that he willingly did. In Titus 2.11, it says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. And it's something that is showing the movement of God. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to, I love those two words, to all men. Everyone has access to this grace, and we'll talk about that. And I'm thankful that God is not giving 
me what I deserve. I'm thankful that by his grace, he has saved me. Uh, In Romans 5, it says, Moreover, the law entered, that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. And as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. You ought to stop and thank God that you do not receive what you and I deserve. Because what I deserve is a one-way ticket to hell. And I'm so glad that we're a part of a church that does not sugarcoat this truth. Uh, that, it's, that It's very clear. We're very honest about what the Bible says about this. I'm so glad that we have a pastor that gets up here and, uh, and every time he preaches, especially uh, on a Sunday morning or really every time he preaches, he always mentions the fact uh, that, that, that he boldly preaches the gospel, that Jesus is the only way of salvation. And no matter who's in attendance, no matter if there's a special guest or a, uh, a, um, an elected official or if there's a first-time guest that comes in the door, no matter if there's young or old people in attendance, uh, he preaches and proclaims that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. And I'm so thankful that we're part of a church that does not shy away from that truth. And, and we should never shy away from that truth. We serve a loving God who, who gave himself for the sins of the entire world. Uh, he, he, he moved in kindness toward us. He moved, here in this verse, so it shows that he moved in love toward us. It says in verse 4, But after the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. This describes for us the character of God. Um, it, loving us. His character is chasing after us, being concerned for us, for our soul. In John 3.16, it says a verse that we all know very well. uh, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He has an everlasting love. And uh, a man had just recently gotten into an accident. And, uh, and it was becoming a very common occurrence for this man. Uh, this man uh, had, uh, in, in, in ver- had often gotten into car accidents and, uh, and been, been filing, fi- filing for to his accident to be covered by his insurance and all that. And uh, he, he got a letter in the mail from his insurance company. And in the letter stated something like this, that uh, due, to, um, due, due to your... Uh, the frequency of your, your uh, accidents, uh, we will, you will need to find a new insurance company. Uh, the letter said you will need to find a new insurance carrier. Uh, you have had one accident too many. And uh, I'm so thankful that we have a, a, a loving God that doesn't ever tell us, hey, you've had one accident too many. Uh, you're off my list now. And, and I'm so thankful that that is not our God. And, and so uh, his love, it never fails. He expressed this love. And notice where it says, but after the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man appeared. Look at that phrase, for God, our Savior. We need to know that God and Savior are synonymous terms. And God is our Savior, and our Savior is God. And Jesus Christ is fully God and fully man. And when God moved in love, he didn't just send a text. He didn't just send an email or give us a phone call. Uh, he, he, he didn't just send a package or, or a delivery boy. No, what he did when God wanted you to know of his love, he sent his only begotten son. 
And the Bible says that his son shed his blood on that old rugged cross for you. The Bible is very clear in this verse that, but after the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. That word appeared, it means to give light. Uh, And that is exactly what he did, what Jesus did. He appeared God in the flesh and did and, and he died with his arms open wide as if to say, I love you. And he showed his love. It was, an, it was, it was he proved his love on that cross. Uh, and, um, and so Jesus, uh, he came to provide salvation for us. And Jesus, here we see, is the prime mover in salvation. We love him because he first loved us. And so we see the movement. We see the movement of God our Savior. But also I want to notice uh, tonight, we want to see the means of God our Savior. In our, the means of God in our salvation. And so in verse 5 it says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Let's unpack this verse for a moment. It, it, it says there, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. Go ahead and read that with me and say it out loud. Uh, ready to begin. Not by... Let's do it one more time. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. If you think about the context of these verses uh, that, that are so beautifully describing our salvation, these verses are surrounded by, uh, by other verses that challenge us to be careful to uh, maintain good works and, uh, and to, to live as a Christian should live and to, to do, do, do things that a Christian should do and to be challenged in that area. It, but right dead in the center is a huge reminder. It says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Your works didn't and couldn't ever save you. In Ephesians 2, it says, for, for by grace are ye saved through faith. And that it's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And the only reason you and I are saved tonight is because God, uh, God in his love and mercy, he shed his blood on that cross taking my sin and your sin upon himself. And, and by grace, he offers that salvation to anyone who would believe. And, and that's the only reason. So often as time goes by and maybe uh, as a, a Christian, uh, it just time, time happens and maybe we get complacent or whatever the case may be. Uh, and uh, we think God, God, uh, uh, God got something good when he got me and this church is so lucky to have me and we sit in our seat and get all comfortable and, uh, and we think, man, we're doing God a favor just by being here and we, we get that attitude. Uh, but, but the truth is God did us a favor when he died on the cross for our sin. And, and I'm just a sinner that's saved by grace. And, and, and the, you know, it's, it's so important that we remember that. We, we are just sinners that are, that God, that and God in his love and his mercy has saved us. And uh, so describe for us here in this passage that I like, I really want to dive into this for a second. There's three tenses of salvation uh, that, that are described and that each of us needs to be reminded of and thank God for, you know, every single day. And uh, we're going to look three tenses of salvation. You'll see what I mean here in a second. And we see the past tense of salvation. You know, the past, present, future tense. You know, you guys know, know that maybe in from, from uh, school, maybe 
if you went to school, uh, past, present, uh, and future. And uh, so we're going to look at the past tense of salvation. And that would be the justification. It's a big word. And it means that, uh, that, that, that I have been saved from sin. I have been saved from sin, and I've been delivered from the penalty of sin. That, 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 that's, what, that's what justification means. That, that's what's happened when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and accepted what he did on the cross uh, for your sins. You have been saved from sin and from the penalty of that sin. And the, the present tense of salvation uh, is sanctification. Sanctification. This is what's taking place right now. This is what's taking place since the moment you accepted Christ until the moment you see him. Sanctification, it's the ongoing process of growth that takes place in a Christian's life uh, that is enabled by the Holy Spirit. And, and it is that ongoing process. It's sanctification. And, uh, and then the future t- tense of salvation would be glorification. One day, one day we will see Christ. We will be with him. We will have a new body. One day, those that know Christ as their Savior uh, will uh, be with the Lord Jesus Christ. That is glorification and that the future tense of salvation. Tonight, thank God for justification. Thank God for, for, just, uh, for the sanctification that we have through, through, uh, in the work of the Holy Spirit. Thank God through glorif- for the glorification that one, will one day take place. Uh, when it says that he saved us here in this verse, that's a lot that took place that day. There, there's a lot that, 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 that took place on that day. Uh, it's not by my works. It's through his mercy. But let me say thirdly, it's through his spirit. In verse 5, it says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. You see that phrase, washing of regeneration? Before you were saved, uh, you were lost. Before you were saved, you were fallen. But when the Holy Spirit took up residence in your life, you were regenerated. You were born again from the inside out. You were completely restored. You were regenerated. Bringing, it's bringing one's life back to what it should have been. And, and that's, that's exactly what, to, what has taken place through his spirit. In 1 Corinthians 6, 11, it says, And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. Thank God that he's justified you. Thank God that he is sanctifying you. Thank God that, that one day you will be in a glorified state with him. When, when it says that he saved us, that's something to be thankful for. And don't take the attitude of, Oh, you know, some Christian, some new Christian needs to hear that. Uh, you know, preach that on a Sunday morning. You know, we, when, the, when people knew they were coming into the church and they, and they need to hear about. No, that's, this is something we need to hear and be reminded of what Jesus has done for us. And uh, re- remember, so remember our former condition. Remember our salvation. And then lastly, let's remember our current condition. Remember our current condition. In verse 5, it says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saves us, by the washing of regeneration, renewing of the Holy Ghost, which, it continues on, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. Uh, When we got saved, the Holy Spirit moved into your life. 
You know, it, the, the Holy Spirit took up residency inside your life. You know, uh, we, when, when, when we go throughout our day, our, the Holy Spirit is with us. And we can choose to ignore the promptings of the Holy Spirit. We can choose to, uh, to, uh, to, to do, do what, what we would have. We can choose to, in, uh, to uh, quench the Holy Spirit. And by ignoring him, or we can choose to obey and to, to submit ourselves to God and his, his working in our lives. We can choose to do that. And it says, in the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Shed abundantly is, is being, being is, it's, it's a word to describe or the words to describe uh, the, the dispensing of the Holy Ghost into the lives of those that receive him. If, if you are saved, you have the Holy Spirit of God living inside you. Don't you think that would make a per- difference in a person's life? <laughs> uh, I, I don't understand how somebody can be saved and there not be evidence of that fact especially when the Bible says something like this. According to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, continuing on, which he shed on us, what's the word? Abundantly, through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Uh, I think, I think we, we're trying to get, I'm trying to get the point out here that there is something monumental that took place once we got saved. The Holy Spirit lives inside you. So is there some, some evidence? Uh, or some would say, fruit of the Spirit. Uh, you, you see, you, sh- you should see some love, joy, peace, long-suffering. We know that. Is, is that a part of your life? Is, is there some evidence of you following and listening to the, the Holy Spirit in, in your life? Uh, and then it continues on in verse 7. And we're, we're almost done here, and I, I, I'm, I'm, we're moving right along. So verse 7, it says, That being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. I wonder how many people on your street, street you live on, don't know what that phrase means, justified by grace. Who needs to hear it? <laughs> who, who doesn't know what it means to be justified by his grace? We need to be be reminded of this of the, these thoughts because not only do we need to know them, but we need to be able to share them. We need to be uh, not necessarily to say, "Do you know what justification means? Do you know all these different words?" Uh, the, I mean, it, it's fine to, to explain them, uh, but you know, just sharing what God has done in your life and understanding what the, the truths of the Word of God that are found here uh, is so so important that we because once we understand them, we realize, man, I need to tell somebody about that and. And so, uh, so it says, we are justified by grace and made heirs. We are made heirs. In verse eight of, of Rome, uh, chapter 8 of Romans, it says, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And, and if children, if you're children, then you're heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Uh, I, I love that. It's, it's showing us, hey, because we are the children of God, we are heirs. We are heirs of God. And uh, the, meaning that we, we will one day, one day we will be able to uh, have a, uh, our inheritance is found in heaven. And what we, are, we look forward to what will take place uh, when we spend eternity with him. Uh, I mean, if you got a call from, just imagine for a second, you got a call 
from the family endowment fund, you know, and they, they gave you a call and, and a family member uh, had, had recently left an inheritance to you, uh, and an uh, inheritance of, of a f- a $5 million. I mean, like, what? wow, that's a lot, you know, and you got that call. I mean, this call shocked you to your core. I mean, and you're like, you're, you're, you're double checking to make sure it's legit. And I mean, this is something that you're, and that, that you're, uh, that totally surprises you. Not in, and you're like, man, okay, uh, for real. And, and you're going throughout. Do you th- do you think your attitude throughout the rest of the day, maybe even as you continue on in your for the next five years, might be a little bit different? You know, your outlook on life, and it's a kind of a monumental sum of money. Uh, I mean, five million dollars. And you, you think. Leo, you think your outlook would be a little bit different? I mean, it's a lot of money. I mean, for real. I mean, it's, it's not something, not, it's not chump change. Uh, it, that can do a lot of damage. Come see and give, give to the building and all that stuff and, and do, make sure you're doing that. Uh, and uh, and uh, that can make a big difference. And, uh, and, uh, but, you know, I, I think it would affect you a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think finding out some news like that, it would, it would, it would make you think about the future. It would make you dream a little bit, right? I mean, it, it, it's not, it wasn't happening then. It wasn't happening that instant. Something that would, would be happening to you in the near future. You'd be dreaming. I mean, as a Christian, you think, okay, what, what can I do with that? How can God use that? <laughs> okay, what, what are some things that, what's the direction I want to go? My finances, what, how is this, how would I, like to, how would I steward this, this, kind of, this, this monumental sum of money? You're thinking about it. You're, it's 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 life changing, really. But you know that, that that's just that's a fictional, it's a fictional story there. What are we? We are heirs of God. We are the children of God. What is in our future? What the inheritance that is being prepared for us is real. It, it, it's not fake. It's not imaginary. It is. It, it is realer than what we are seeing, me, me and you. It, it, is, it is the biggest life-changing thing that has ever taken place and, and it bigger than I can ever, than I can state here and explain. And it, do we even think about it? it? Is it something that affects our life? It is it something that affects our attitude as we go through. Things are going to happen to us here on this earth that are difficult. I mean, I was talking with some of you earlier, and I'm not going to point people out, and talking about some of the diff- different things that are, are, are difficult about life and just that we have to go through and because we're human beings and as people get older and, and health situations and all these, all these things that we can grunt and complain about and, and maybe, uh, maybe just to think, man, oh, poor me. Uh, and and it, it's difficult. Life can be very difficult. We live on an earth, a sin-cursed earth that, that is not perfect, and we live with other not perfect people, and, and it, is, it, is, it can be difficult. But if we keep in mind this, that, hey, we are a part of the family of God. God has changed my life, and he has an inheritance for me that is, uh, that is, 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 is so awesome. And, and it says here, it says that uh, if you be joint... The Spirit itself beareth witness with my spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ. And going back to our passage in verse 7, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. We look forward to that. We look forward to the hope of eternal life. 
In verse 8, in, in our last verse, this is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly. Hey, talk about them often. That they which have been believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. I, I, very simply, Paul is saying, hey, this is a faithful saying. This is something to be repeated. This is something that we need to remember. That, that, uh, that you are heirs, so act like it. <laughs> you know, you are part of the family of God. So let's, let's live like it. Let, let's, let's, let's let that make a difference in our life. Uh, we just talked about the salvation that we have. This is all a part of it. When he says, this is a faithful saying, and because of that, let's do this. That's, it is referring to the salvation that we have, the importance, the magnitude of, of, of how huge a thing that is, uh, the salvation that we have. Let's, let's live with that in mind. And, you know, the, our actions, the, the, how we go, in, go, go about our day, the, the things that we do for others, how we interact with our coworkers, our family, our, 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 our spouse, our, our brothers and sisters, our friends, Let's act like it. Let's, uh, let's not just act like it. Let's live as a Christian should live. Let, let's, make, let's allow God to make a difference in our life. Let's, let's let him, his Holy Spirit work in and through us and remember those things. Remember uh, our former conversation, uh, our, our, our former condition. Remember our former condition, how, wh- where we came from and wh- where we could be without Christ. And let's remember the salvation that we have. Let's remember what he has done for us. Let's remember our current condition. Remember what we have to look forward to. Remember that we are, are, are heirs. We are children of God. It's a faithful saying. Something that we should rehearse, that we should remember. And uh, as we close, I, 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 I've been in youth ministry now for almost eight years. And, uh, and every time we go somewhere, uh, Pastor, we take trips often. And uh, we, we, we would go with, with, our, with our teenagers. We'd go to camp. Uh, pretty much every summer, except for this last summer, we, we would go uh, to camp for a week uh, down in Goldendale, and uh, we would go to a youth conference. We've been to youth conference down in California, which was a big, huge trip, which we, we love to do again sometime. Uh, we, we've gone to uh, youth rallies across, maybe in, uh, across state lines or to, to uh, the, um, the theme park, uh, Silverwood. We've, we've done lots of stuff as a youth group, taking trips, and every time we do, we go in some kind of a church vehicle whether it be the church van or a bus. Uh, and we, we go in these buses, but every time we leave, before we go, we, you can ask my wife, you can ask any of these teenagers that are here that have gone on any trips. We sit in the back back here, and we, we meet before we take off. And it's like the very first thing we do. And we, I get up, and I say hello to everybody, and we talk a little bit. But, and I say, one of the things for sure I say during that trip is, hey, what name is on the side of that bus? What name is on the side of that van? Moses Lake Baptist Church. Remember, people know that we're there. And we represent Moses Lake Baptist Church. We represent God. Because they, they, know, they, they know we're there. We, we go to a restaurant and you go in. And if you go in and you start uh, misbehaving, you start, you, you, uh, you're arguing or you're, uh, you, you're, you're not nice to the person that's, that's giving you food or uh, you're doing all these things, Does that, is that a good testimony? No, no, it's not a good testament. You know, you know, and, and so I, I, I talk through some of these things sometimes and just explain, hey, we need to have a good testimony because people see that we represent 
the Lord. We people see that we represent this church and and as in an extension the, the Lord, and uh, we, we we need to act like we should act. We should we should behave like we should behave. And you know, as a Christian, we 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 need to remember that we are a child of God. We are we should we should live as a Christian should live, and we should remember who we represent. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that it's been an encouragement to you. And if you'd like any further information about our church, we'd like to encourage you to visit mlbc.church.